0: Hello and welcome to our new podcast channel, Advocate, by ASEAN Parliamentarians for Human Rights, or APHR. This is a four-part series, Parliamentarians at Risk. I'm Oliver Sloan. As well as reprisals such as judicial harassment, the stripping of parliamentary status, and surveillance, female opposition MPs also face sexist campaigns of vilification. In this episode, we'll be speaking to women parliamentarians to understand the threats and harassments they face, specifically as females, and their implications on democracy and human rights. This series, part of a wider research project by APHR, aims to draw attention to the scale and consequences of the human rights violations faced by MPs in the region and their impacts on democracy and society as a whole. APHR's new report on this important topic, Parliamentarians at Risk, Reprisals Against Opposition MPs in Southeast Asia, is available on our website, asianmp.org. Please share, subscribe, and leave reviews wherever you get your podcast. Warning to listeners: this episode includes explicit language. As well as rape threats. People wonder why you hate the monarchy so much. I guess it's because you want the king to fuck you, but you cannot get him, so you hate him. I can fuck you instead of him. The king's penis or a commoner's one can do the same job. I sent photos for you as an example. Choose one and call me. I will come to you. This is a rape threat that former Thai MP and APHR member Panika Wanit recently received to our office. As well as judicial harassment, the removal of parliamentary status and other reprisals, women parliamentarians also face sexist campaigns of vilification that aim to both intimidate and discredit them. In the Philippines, female politicians, particularly those who have been critical of President Rodrigo Duterte and his policies, have faced significant threats and aggressive rhetoric that are often deeply misogynistic. They include Senator Leila de Lima, who has been in prison on falsified drugs charges since February 2017. President Duterte has referred to Senator De Lima as, quote, an immoral woman because of an alleged relationship with a former bodyguard and has made regular jokes about her sex life in public. Officials aligned with the President have also attempted to show an alleged sex video of the Senator and her bodyguard in the House of Representatives. The video has since proven to be fake. In fact, in the Philippines, much of the ugly rhetoric against women MPs is driven by the President himself. He has spoken of wanting to rape women... Saying he would give permission to soldiers to shoot female rebels in the genitals, and several other crass and misogynistic remarks. Not only did the president's words normalize talk around violence against women, but they also emboldened his supporters to launch vicious personal attacks on female MPs, especially his opponents. Senator Risa Hontiveros is another prominent critic of the president who has faced misogynistic threats and harassment. For example, she was called, quote, a thirsty slut regarding the dress she wore to the State of the Nation Address in 2019. She told APHR that many of the attacks against her and other female opposition MPs, including Senator de Lima and Vice President Lenny Robledo, have been heavily sexist.
1: The attacks against us, uh, women in politics, have been really through a weaponized social media and very highly sexist and misogynistic, uh, slut-shaming, exposing or outright fabricating aspects of our personal lives in order to demonize us in the eyes of the public and then make it easier for us and more so-called defensible to formally charge us or as has been done to Senator Laila. So it's, uh, it's all part and parcel of his authoritarian and sexist and misogynistic style of governance.
0: The issue is also heavily pronounced in Thailand, Kuntida Rungrenkiat, a former MP for the Future Ford Party before it was dissolved in February 2020, says she faces misogynistic comments online. She told APHR that they are, quote, strategic and systematic and aimed at discrediting her. Panika Wanit, also formerly an MP for the Future Ford Party, regularly faces misogynistic threats and harassment.
1: It was quite shocked for me when I enter politics and I face many discrimination from even from people who call themselves progressive, people who call themselves our supporters, but it's in their culture. It's the culture of, of I think, Asia, not just Thailand, uh, at least Southeast Asia, that people will look down to female politicians. For them, politicians are a kind of powerful, rich people, and that is a role of... Male, not female. And when I enter politics and uh, bold, boldly and confidently, like, like I am, it makes people displace with me. They are, they are accustomed to a modest, sweet, obeyed women. Uh, I am nothing like that. And I think that's why I have faced many criticism. In, in
0: Panika attracted significant media attention in the middle of 2019 when a fellow parliamentarian criticised her choice of clothing during a parliamentary session saying that it was quote, against tradition during a mourning period for a royal advisor. At the time Panika responded to the criticism by telling people to focus on her work as a politician and not her choice of clothing.
1: For me as a female a young, inexperienced female politician I am a kind of soft target. People see me as incompetent, like you are no one, you are young, inexperienced, you are not rich enough, you are not from political family, uh, you are just like a journalist, then enter politics and have no experience at all, you don't know what are you talking about, kind of that stuff. And when I became successful as, a, as an MP, people just focus on my look, how I dress and the choice of my outfit. I was in the Committee of Law and Rights, which is a very important uh, Parliamentary Committee. Still, people focus on my dress. When I enter the Parliament each week, reporters at the Parliament will focus on, like, today what do I wear to Parliament? Or even ask me directly, like, which brand is this dress, which brand is this pantsuit, kind of that stuff. and. I just I just couldn't help being very annoyed <laughs> because you can you have like tons of questions to ask me about the the progress of each work I, I carry, but you choose to focus on my my dress. And many people suggest to me that I can avoid this kind of problem by dressing down a bit, <laughs> and that's. That's even more nonsense, right? I have to solve this problem by dressing modestly. Why?
0: Panika was also called, quote, a pretty face by Prime Minister Prayo Chanocca in Parliament in an attempt to reduce her to her looks.
1: I was shocked with what the Prime Minister chose to call me. But I was even more shocked when I saw no one stand up and protest for me. Really? No one would even stand up and protest for me? I need to protest and ask him to withdraw his words myself? It should not be me. It should be other politicians, male or female. There must be someone who, th- who see that this is very problematic, that the Prime Minister call an MP pretty face. But no.
0: APHR has also documented threats and harassment against female MPs in Malaysia. One female opposition lawmaker who requested anonymity was the victim of online sexual harassment on Facebook and WhatsApp and included false and explicit content that aimed to denigrate and humiliate her. More recently, opposition MP Kasturi Pato, who is ethnically Indian, was interjected by a lawmaker with a racist remark when she sought clarification in Parliament about why there were no female MPs in the new government committee. Such incidents, however, are not isolated to Southeast Asia. In 2016, the Interparliamentary Union, or IPU, published a global study that found that sexism, harassment and violence against women parliamentarians are, quote, very real and widespread. The report stated that threats and harassment against female MP know no boundaries and exist to different degrees in every country. The study found psychological violence to be the most common form of reprisals against women MPs, with 82% of respondents saying they had experienced it. Among the types of psychological violence, 45% said they'd received threats of death, rape, beatings or abduction during their parliamentary term. 66% of those surveyed said they'd been subjected several times or often to humiliating sexist remarks during their parliamentary term. The majority of remarks were made in Parliament by male colleagues from opposing parties as well as their own. Brigitte Fillion, a programme officer for gender equality for the IPU and an author of the report, said that one of its key findings was the prevalence of online attacks against women MPs.
2: It's a very important space of online uh, sexist attack, social networks like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we also found that electronic communication were the primary means of uh, delivering Threats, dead threats, rape, beating uh, threats against uh, female MPs. We were able also to find some uh, risk factors. And we saw that such violence affects women MPs in all countries. But it's (laughs) most acute uh, for women MPs who are active in advancing women's rights. Or in countries where there is clear resistance to uh, respect for women's rights is even more acute. Other risk factors were was belonging to the opposition. Being young was also a risk factor being from minority group.
0: The study found that reprisals against women MPs, however, do not end at threats. 20% of those surveyed said they'd been slapped, pushed, struck or hit with a projectile that could have injured them during their term, while 13% said that someone had threatened to use or actually used a firearm, knife or other weapon against them. Filion added that many of the unacceptable acts against women MPs go unreported.
2: When we ask women in Parliament why they're so hesitant to report, there is a feeling that the institutional environment tolerates this kind of conduct and they deplore that there was very few mechanisms in their Parliament in which they could turn in the event of harassment or violence.
0: These threats and harassment against female MPs have a wider impact on society. Women who are attacked could decrease their online presence, and therefore their message negatively impacting their ability to fulfil their mandate, or potentially leave politics entirely. They are also a major drain on resources, often creating additional workloads for women that their male counterparts do not experience. The attacks also affect the next generation of female leaders, who could be dissuaded from entering politics as a result of the vitriol aimed at their predecessors. Such an outcome would decrease the diversity of electoral representatives and further entrench the male-dominated system that remains prevalent in parliaments and elsewhere around the world.
2: When women are excluded or undermined, or coerced to pursue their duty that was given to them by voters, it's a double abuse. The women civil civils and, and political rights are violated, but also the right of the citizens to get the best out of the representative that they have elected. It's something that is improving. We saw there's more and more policy in Parliament developed right now, but not, uh, not enough. There's still lots of work to do.
0: Philion called on parliaments to adopt internal policies that make it clear that sexist behaviour, harassment and gender-based violence are both illegal and unacceptable. She also urged parliaments to adopt the guidelines for the elimination of sexism, harassment and violence against women in Parliament, which were published by IPU in November 2019. They include raising awareness of the culture of zero tolerance to workplace violence, as well as providing training on what constitutes sexism, harassment and violence against women in Parliament, as well as how to respond to it and to provide support and counselling services. Panika Wanit, the former Thai MP from the Future Forward Party, encouraged women and members of other minorities to play a role in politics to ensure they can be a voice in their respective communities.
1: I would like to suggest to other female politicians, when you are criticised by your look, your personal story by the fake news or about sexual affair, anything like that, please know that it's because they cannot find anywhere else to discredit you. So they have to uh, use this kind of cheap stuff to destroy you. To other women, who might want to enter politics but are too afraid because they see what's happening to all female politicians, not just, not just in Thailand, but in other countries also, in Asia or even in Europe. I'd like to see more LGBTIQ, more female politicians in Thailand and in other countries as well. Why? I think parliament should be a representation of the society. In our society, we have Male, female, LGBTIQ, we have young people, old people, we have these people with disabilities and that is society. So parliament should represent, should mimic the society we, we live in. We need every kind of people to work as a representative of the people in the parliament. And don't be afraid. No one, not, No one, nothing can stop you from being what you want to be.
0: This episode of APHR's Parliamentarians at Risk podcast series was written and produced by me, Oliver Slow, with editorial input from Elise T.A. DeGusset. Thanks also to Daniel Quinlan. APHR's work is supported by the Swedish International Development Cooperation Agency, or SIDA, the Norwegian Ministry of Foreign Affairs, the Open Societies Foundation. For more information about APHR's work, please visit our website scnmp.org. Thanks for listening to our series, Parliamentarians at Risk, part of our new podcast channel, Advocate by ASEAN Parliamentarians for Human Rights. Please keep an eye on this channel for future podcast episodes. Thanks for listening.